Hey everyone, I'm Jay. I'm Sophia, and welcome to Witches Betwixt. Today we're going to be talking about Vigigams. Um, it's, uh, it's actually been a minute, I think, since we recorded. Have we recorded since I had surgery? I don't think we have. No, we haven't. We've been taking breaks since you've had surgery. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's actually, this is kind of like our, it may not kind of seem like it, I guess, because of the posting schedule, but it's kind of like our, uh, our return after a little bit of a hiatus. Surgery kicked my ass a little bit more than, uh, I anticipated, so, uh... It always does. Yeah, I didn't, I really didn't know what I was getting into, um, but we're back, we're here, and we figured... It'd be kind of cool and kind of nice to kind of ease back into it and not just dump a uh, super heavy topic on everyone. And I figured, um, actually, maybe, I think it was Scott who came up with the video game idea. No, it was me. It was you? Okay, I couldn't remember. Um, but yeah, Sophia proposed that, you know, we talk about video games and magic and it kind of piggybacks off of, you know, the last episode that I actually just posted today. Um, our interview that we had with Ursa, you know, about pop culture and the the power that pop culture magic can have. So, I think you know this will be this will be a really cool kind of take and kind of like expand on that. Um, did you kind of want to open up with your thoughts on it, Sophia? I mean, sure. Why the fuck not? So, um, why I kind of proposed the idea is there's something that people in my circles of magicians have been rolling with and doing for a little bit now experimentally and it's been having just absurdly good results for some reason um we are using video games with magical intent so um I'm going to name drop a little bit. One of my friends and I have been doing this. um, She goes by the name Z on our DKMU server. She actually asked if uh, she could be in on this episode when I was talking to her about recording it. But I kind of shot her down because she lives like way over in Europe. And there's no way that we could possibly like Mm. schedule her her in. Because like by the time that she goes to bed, it's like 3 p.m. our time. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and she, that like, would lives. require some finagling. Yeah, and she like lives in the middle of a of a house. But hey Z, if you're listening, girl, this is a shout out to you for helping out with this. But um we've been kind of experimenting with using video game servers as ritual space. Um I know this isn't necessarily going to be the most new cutting edge magic technology to people, because uh, people have been doing this in Warcrafts or not Warcraft, Minecraft servers for a while. They've been like setting up their own ritual temples, they've been like measuring out blocks and like doing lesser vanishing of the ritual pentagram. And I should you not, it's actually a wonderful tool, right? Because if you uh, even look at what an altar does, right? We kind of have the whole microcosm for our macrocosm, right? It's like with video game worlds, you build a fucking macrocosm for your macrocosm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, man? I think uh, like the fact that there's so many more building games and especially because minecraft really like took that and you know people were really inspired by that and so that whole like survival crafting sort of um genre i think is incredibly powerful because your options are pretty i don't want to say limitless but they feel limitless you know what i mean it feels like you know you can create you know sort of a, a parallel to reality within these games and then you can sort of manipulate those currents to affect real world change yeah absolutely um and not even just like uh crafting games for example one of the most potent ones that i've personally experimented with is doom can you guess what i use doom for well i know what you use doom for because we talked about it before but <laughs> um Basically, you were you were saying that you use Doom as a hyper sigil. Kind of. Um, Doom is essentially a game for those of you who don't know, where you brutally murder demons. You you shoot them in the head, you rip their horns off, you stab them in the face with it. You do every horrible thing that you could possibly do to a demon in existence, and you kill all of them as brutally as possible. This yep. game works as a 
phenomenal banishment i'm shitting you not i'm like i shit you not i have days where i'm depressed and something and it's like you know what i think it's time to rip and tear now just mm-hmm. load up dune eternal i'll toss on like maybe uh one of the master levels if i'm feeling like it's something i really need to work through because a good thing about doom too is the game is so fucking difficult it almost requires gnosis as like a gateway entry fee just to be able to beat the fucking level you know what i mean yeah like you gotta like really be in the zone yeah and i I play on nightmare like i'm not gonna say oh yeah you gotta play on permadeath or you're a wuss right right Oof, but playing on nightmare mode is pretty fucking hard, I tell you what. And some people won't even be able to beat the game or even be able to play it on those difficulties, and that's fine too. Like, you don't need to play it on the hardest difficulty to make that spell work. Mm-hmm. But it definitely adds it some juice. And I, I swear to God, when people are casting shit at me and I need something to go away and I got all these energies swirling up, I will just boot up Doom and fucking rip and tear some demons' heads off, you know? And do you hold, like, a particular, like, can't get my words out today, do you hold a particular, like, visualization in your head, like, as you're Um, doing that? Not really. I just do it with ritual intent, right? It's Hmm. like... It's like the difference between sweeping your house just because you want to clean it up and sweeping the energies out, right? It's it's a matter of what you're doing with your attention while you're doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. So... You could you could just absolutely play these games mindlessly and have them take no effect, or you could do them ritually and have them oh, take effect. It doesn't necessarily have to be a specific action you take or a specific ritual, but just like setting the intent when you do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what other have you have you tried this like anything similar with any other games? Holy fuck, yeah. I could, like, pretty much sit down and give you a list here. So what kind of prompted me to realize this system was happening was there'd been a thing that we were noticing in DKMU for a while where we do stuff and we have synchronicities kind of spill over into other things, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't, we didn't know what the fuck was going on, but video games specifically kept having synchronicities pop up. Like, one of our people, Ahava, was doing a World Hook program where they literally like tried to find an alternate reality to send hooks into to dump off entropy from our reality to like help our reality keep going Mm. i shit you not in elder scrolls online they had a a point where these giant hooks came out of the sky from another dimension and were like fucking attacking tamriel right Mm. so that that caused a little bit of raised eyebrows to begin with right and then um there's other stuff that started happening like that, like Destiny. Um, I can't tell you <clears throat> how many times Destiny as a game lines up with the hyper sigil of what we're doing. Yeah. It, it boggles my fucking mind. Like the ships of the darkness literally look identical to one of the sigils that we have for the Black Trigag. Really? Yes, I'm I'm shitting you not. I'll put them in the fucking show notes if you need. Damn. Yeah, and uh, just real big synchronicities keep happening. Like the day that the darkness was arriving in Destiny 2, there was a bunch of shit like that that was popping up in our server, and we had a egregore that represents the uh, cold aspect of the year, winter, uh, start to show up, and we um, are kind of working with that now in response and building uh, kind of where she fits into the system, right? But... um, lo and behold uh after we had been having all these crazy synchronicities with these games that uh had been happening i i knocked my hard drive over on my playstation the other day Mm. and i picked it up and i looked at it and i just kind of like had my jaw drop right um on this hard drive it was originally um a box that i had kept a lot of original dkmu files on mm-hmm. so i'm talking like like videos from our youtube channel uh recordings from some of the artists who were doing stuff like 10 years ago um a whole bunch of our documents like this this thing fucking carried shit for a long time 
um, and I don't know if I've told you this or not, but DKMU stuff is incredibly infamous for like corrupting hard drives it's on, mm-hmm. getting hit by lightning and destroyed. If if you could possibly fuck up some DKMU information so it doesn't exist anymore, it'll it'll happen. Right? right, it'll happen less. But the fact that this hard drive just somehow managed to survive everything, and then I just like without thinking tossed all the information back onto the internet for people later on, and then wiped it and used it for my PlayStation. <laughs> and I didn't even take the fucking sigil off, right? So oh. I like knock it off, and I'm looking at it, and we're having all these mysteries happen. I'm like, why does all this shit happen? I look, and there's like an intricate linking sigil I have painted on it and then picking it up and holding it and realizing that it's like essentially an equivalent to like a modern Solomonic box and how you can use fucking portable hard drives to curse people now. And that became like a whole type of tech that we're uh, kind of working with now for magical stuff. Yeah. Damn. So like, I guess, cause you know, like some people put skins on like their consoles Mm-hmm. or like on their controllers and stuff like i guess you could really do that with like sigils and glyphs and mm-hmm. different imagery like you could draw them on there or even just like you could draw it on a piece of paper and like tape it to it you know if you didn't want to draw on your actual system i think that yeah. would have the same effect but if you you know you kind of attach a symbol to it um you know whatever the intent may be you know whatever you're doing in there in that game can amplify whatever you're trying so, to do with that with that image uh yeah regrettably so you're correct because what ended up happening another time when i was younger and stupid about this and hadn't realized what was happening um i got a bunch of stickers when i bought this album from a metal company and it was like oh yeah here's this a sticker and it's got like a goetic seal on it you know and me being fucking baby witch like 11 <laughs> slap years that ago, bitch on the first thing yeah, you... <laughs> slap, that, slap that shit on my playstation actually it wasn't 11 years ago it was seven years ago, but whatever <laughs> and and next thing you know i'm fucking dealing with all the influences of like conflict and these absurd things popping off the way that you wouldn't expect them to but it just happens to be in perfect synchronicity with the name of the fucking goetic demon whose whose seal i had slapped on my uh playstation that was running constantly because you know how much i play my playstation oh yeah you know how much gnosis i throw into that fucker when i'm doing my stuff mm-hmm. like oh and so like i literally had to take that thing off and throw the plate away. I threw that chunk of my PlayStation away. It was like the covering that uh, keeps the hard drive covered. And it just looks a little bare bones now. Because I didn't even fucking want that thing in my room. You know? Wow. Yeah. And uh, guess what happened after I got rid of it? Things started to go a lot better. Hmm. Imagine that. It's almost as... Yeah. <laughs> it's almost as if magic fucking works. And if you're reckless about it, it'll fuck you up. And you have to learn lessons from being a dumbass. And what's really cool now is, I mean, we have, like, portable gaming. Like, portable gaming is so huge, especially with phones. There's so much you can do there. Um, Especially if you, you know, you could have interchangeable sigils on your phone, pick a particular game, you know, charge it with that energy. Because there's there's also a lot of, like, shooting games and stuff, too, for, um, for mobile. So, and I feel like they're always pretty easy to use um like to charge and draw energy just because they're so Mm -hmm. high high action and so fast-paced i mean like um fuck one thing i used to do back when i was playing battlefield is they had a custom emblem generator that you could do so you could go online and use like lines and arrows and these different shapes and stuff to make yourself a little emblem that would like show up on your guns and show up uh on the kill screen when you killed someone right right so some people got really technical and had computers like auto generate images from the shapes that you had so you could get really complex things like you know the zigzag man smiling and smoking a joint on the back of your friend's shield right yeah um 
But what I did was the linking sigil in 156. So every single person I killed in Battlefield for like the five plus years that I played that game, they got the 156 and the linking sigil slapped up in their face on it, right? Mm. And every gun I was ever shooting had that on it. And so every single person who I ever pissed off and ever won a match against was was seeing that thing and feeling it in their anger, right? Mm. And what do you what do you think that contributed like to the to the I don't power? Have a fucking clue. <laughs> I guess you'll find out one day, or maybe you'll never find out. Who I mean, who knows? Um, I can definitely theorize a lot of things that it definitely did because I was playing it in Battlefield, and while I mean, like, look at how conflict in our world kind of started to escalate, right? True. I don't want to act like I'm personally responsible for that just because I played fucking Battlefield and had linking sigil in it. But you know, your magic has an effect on on you, and don't even get me started about multiverse theory. One, if magic works and you can use it, which let's assume that we both both of those are true because you're here listening to this podcast, anyways. Like. Mm-hmm. What happens when you do magic, right? What you you alter reality, right? Mm-hmm. And you change the timeline that you're in. <laughs> and that's why the plural of magician is war. Because anytime you get a bunch of us fuckers together, we're fighting with each other over what we want to do, you know? Yeah, because everyone has a different approach or opinion about what, mm-hmm. what should be done and how it should be done. And I'm sure, like... I'm sure there are plenty of witches out there right now who would even see the topic of this episode and they'd be like, oh, no, (laughs) that's not real. You know, that's not possible. And uh, I think that technology and witchcraft have always been linked. I think they've always followed each other. I mean, without... Without the internet, I mean, we wouldn't have our, our community wouldn't be the way it is now. You know what I mean? Like we, oh, totally. Like that. If anything, that that helped our community grow so much. And it's so funny for for <laughs> for for a community that is like, you know, oh, you know, nature and respect the old ways. I guess like some of the more snotty tread which is out there I'm, i think i'm thinking of but like you know those types and then but they're the same but they're the ones tweeting about it and like tiktoking about it and like all this bullshit <laughs> it's like well you're using your technology to like preach <gasps> preach a bunch of bullshit that doesn't make fucking sense <laughs> yeah it's this weird kind of paradox i find with um a lot of practitioners where we're very happy to live in modernity for certain stuff, right? Right. You love technology when it's giving you your gas heat so you don't have to chop your fucking wood. <clears throat> you love how you can order your food online and it comes to you. You love all these things and being able to move away from where you grew up and to talk to your family and your parents still. But then you turn around and you're like, Oh yeah, that technology, that's not magic. I can't believe how many would-be serious magicians I've met who look down their nose at technomancy. Like, like really? You think that people who manage to trap electricity in rocks and make it compute so advanced that we have systems that can, like, predict on incoming asteroids potentially... 50 years in the future and mm-hmm. send a fucking missile out to meet that asteroid and land on it and set a fucking jet on so that it pushes it out of the planet's trajectory and doesn't kill us like think about that for a second how incredible that feat is you couldn't do that without technology the most you could do is to try and pull everybody together in the planet and try and will it to not happen and i don't want to put limitations on what magic can or cannot do but i certainly wouldn't want to fucking will an asteroid out of the path of my planet with a spell i'd I'd much rather have a a thruster (laughs) on that thing pushing it out of the way you know well right and it's it's always the idea of like you know you have to in addition to the magic that you're doing you got to do something else to 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 do the thing you know what i mean like can't, like, you can't do a job spell without filling out job applications. That's not how that works. It's like, I will do a smudge every single day 
that I that I'm alive, right? But I still will go get a vaccine. Right. And yeah, I'll get the COVID vaccine when it comes. I know people be losing their goddamn minds over controversy and all that stuff and being like, oh, it'll change your stuff. It'll change your stuff. It's like, man, you know what'll change my stuff? If I catch COVID and it permanently damages my lungs, or if I catch COVID and I can't work and it makes me fucking homeless and I die in the cold, like, there's a lot worse things than just like, the side effects of a vaccine that will be thoroughly tested before it gets to me you know mm-hmm. i will happily take that vaccine when it comes and i'm I'm, st- I'm somebody who still could like go off and live in the woods if i wanted to but i also realize how absurd it is to like have vaccines against polio but right. then somehow think that vaccines against covid are magically bad like like the scientific literacy of the average individual in 2020 is starting to be absolutely shocking you know like yeah the amount of people i've 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 seen circulate things that are just verifiably false like saying wearing a mask will lower your oxygen rate so much that like it does these certain things and it's just not true your your mask can make it hard to breathe if you have asthma yeah as somebody who has asthma i still wear a fucking mask right because the science is there to prove yeah. that it's effective and it works yeah exactly i know and i know we're getting on to like a little mini tangent rant about uh current affairs <laughs> yeah but i mean it's relevant too right it get, it, it, people turning their nose up at technomancy and modern incarnations of magic as it's going to grow and adapt it's the same shit people been doing since the dawn of time that's like that's like people who hand wrote books looking sideways at the printing press you know what i mean right when when i first kind of was introduced to technomancy i mean i was still pretty young and it's not that i turned my nose up at it at all it just one it didn't interest me then um but two um i didn't really turn my nose up at it i just didn't understand it i just didn't really i didn't really get it i didn't really know what it was really about i was like can you actually like do stuff with that but i never really explored it until i think as i got older and i think like actually more recently you know i've really um I've opened myself up to the idea of, you know, starting to maybe like incorporate some technomancy into my own practice because everything that I do is very much rooted in technology, right? So, you know, I don't want to have, um, you know, like a million tech issues while we're recording the podcast. So, you know, I should probably start to find ways to mitigate that both you know just by me making sure all my equipment is good and checking my settings and stuff like that more frequently but also um you know maybe put a little put a little juice (laughs) out there um but i never i never thought of using a video game as um as a way to cast a spell which um is something that I actually, I'm kind of thinking now. I'm like, man, which which games like, which games could you use? Because I feel like racing games could also be really um, useful and powerful. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, the sky's the limit. It's mm-hmm. just it's just like magic. That's like saying, I wonder what plants you could use for spells. All of them. You can you can use all of them. True you know it's just a matter of what it does like um for example if i wanted to do a racing game i'd look at what it does racing games make you focus on spatial awareness you have to be able to move through that thing without touching anything yet moving as quickly as possible if you were to like say be somebody who struggles with being on time for stuff maybe playing a racing game with magical intent for like 30 minutes when you wake up in the day could be something that you start to do to set that gnostic intent of being in that flow state where nothing's touching you you're not crashing into corners you're going as quick as you can and turning on a knife's edge and then suddenly it transfers over into your day right it's no different than like say holding honey under your tongue to do a honey charm right 
Right, I mean, wow. So like, it's like a fighting game. I'm trying oh, to think, like, what kind of spells out. you could use if that for. Wanna, yeah, if like, you want to work out? Fucking go play a fighting game. Go play Tekken and stuff. Because also, like, those games get your blood pumping. They're yeah. Pumped. You have to hit these keys really fast, and your hands are doing these intense, tight movements. That actually is a very good workout for your fingers. Like, fighting games and repetitive action movement games actually do build really strong strength in your digits and your hand muscles, right? And then there's actual, just like you know motion games you know if you're if you have like a switch or a wii or you know whatever or something like that or a lot of the vr headsets that, that are out oh god i want playstation vr so bad so i can play beat saber you like literally uh, get like two lightsabers yeah. and you're like cutting fucking cubes to a song as somebody who's like trained in swords and loves music and loves to drum i could play beat saber until my arms fall the fuck off yeah i really want to get it too i really do want to get that game i'm not really into like dance games necessarily you know what i mean but i, I do it. like i do like rhythm games but mm -hmm. i don't really like well i saw beat saber and i was like yo that looks fucking perfect I and there's a lot you could that. do with that too oh my god you could, especially yeah. because it's music too so it incorporates that you know like that like just music in and of itself raises so much energy and plus the, all that motion and you're sweating and you're you know oh, yeah. you're getting into it and you're focusing on it that could be as long really as you powerful. Don't hurt yourself, as long yeah. as you don't hurt yourself, right? Because like I have popped my back out a little bit to just dance before and been mm -hmm. like, oh no. So, <laughs> be careful. Warm up. Uh if you're gonna do the VR ones, like they're no joke. You can actually fucking hurt yourself doing some VR games. <laughs> yeah, because it's also harder to like be aware of your actual surroundings because you're just so immersed in uh -huh. in the game. And like, um, just dance for example will get you doing movements that your body never normally does dance movements specifically <laughs> get you to do these weird like shaky shake things where it like looks cool but you know you might not use your muscles normally that way and then you pinch a nerve and suddenly you're like you're laying on the ground so just you know do this with care if you're going to do the vr ones yeah and also not only video games could be used as like for spell work i was also thinking they can also be used as an offering to certain deities if deity oh. work is something that people do like you know if you're i was thinking um you know like if uh if you want to give an offering to say athena like a game like horizon zero dawn might be like a fun game you know to kind of like because it's like very hunting and you know survival and um you know it's very athena like when you yeah. you know when you think of the the symbology surrounding her so you know you could kind of play that game and um you know as sort of like an offering to her which i think that would be kind of an interesting concept you could also use it if you're getting really pissed off at technological issues and you want to kill some fucking computer monsters that's also true yeah that could be used um yeah mm -hmm. yeah there's there's a uh, near endless amounts and uh certain games for example you can drop items on the ground that will physically vanish right and i've been thinking a lot about this okay um what is a, a video game it's just electrical code right mm -hmm. what are you as a person um I mean, well, I mean, I guess we're kind of also electrical code. We're just a series of what electrical impulses. Yes, exactly that. Um, I was going to say for anybody who's familiar with death, you know, relevant to one of the episodes we've done recently, um, when you die, the weight that's actually lost out of your body is mostly the oxygen that's held in your lungs and like the gases that you're actively keeping in through muscle tension, right? Mm -hmm. That and the electrical impulses are what leave your body to to determine whether or not you are no longer living if you are without breath and you are without electrical response you're dead mm -hmm. and that's why a defibrillator will fucking kick your heart back into life we as beings are breath and electricity 
right? There's a big thing that I've been um, learning on my own personal system that I'm not going to go too much into, but I'm really starting to think that we humans really do come from the four elements. You know, we have a body that is tied. Uh, it's made of earth. It's got water in it. Um, we have to have the breath to keep us going. And with the, without the heat, without the electricity, we're dead, you know? Mm. And when all of those come together, we are us right and i'm starting to feel like the spirit body in essence is its nature is of wind and electricity you know yeah it's like there has to be a reason why things often come back to those same main archetypes you know that right. earth fire you know a lot of a lot of everything that you find in the occult magic even just different cultures a lot of it breaks down into these main elements yeah and um it's really interesting when you start to to look at it right like any fans of full metal alchemist will be able to tell you exactly what the human body is made out of yet there's still that unverifiable quintessence that we have at our core that always baffles scientists you know and it's often called the breath of life like even the word animal means animated with breath having life you know all of those things come together so if you look at these video games they can't run without electricity and air one electricity generates heat so that heat needs to have proper circulation otherwise it overheats and dies mm -hmm. you can't play video games on a playstation or anything of a sufficiently advanced nature that could properly simulate a reality without one an energy input system and two a circulatory system now to also do that you need to have a physical uh thing on it and literally video games are only missing water as an element and even then they probably have some water in some degree in them based off of how those materials came together right like i'm sure mm -hmm. water plays a part in the forming of metals and the precious materials that end up coming together to make them, and right? i mean if so, you're if you're a pc gamer sometimes people do have like a liquid, liquid cooling. cooling yeah yeah, but even then, like the um, the circuits become like the veins of the body, right? And we breathe life into these machines so that we can simulate entire universes on them. Like, you know, No Man's Sky. Yeah. Do you know how fucking big that nearly infinite game is? Yeah, it's freaking massive. It's ginormous. No, I mean in its data size. Do you know how big it is? Uh, no, but I know it's not that. It doesn't take up too much space on my hard drive, though. 13 gigabytes yeah that's not bad destiny was fucking bigger in it on for a second call of duty for example is Ugh. 100 gigabytes stupidly big yes but we have a game like no man's sky because it uses procedural generation similar to our universe you can code a near infinite space j within 13 gigabytes okay you see where i'm going Mm -hmm. yeah think about how much you could do with i don't know just a two terabyte hard drive yeah on a two terabyte hard drive because i've done the math you can fit 153 copies of no man's sky so you could fit 153 universes not just universes actually if you've played no man's sky you actually know big spoiler coming out there's multiple universes in it because you actually galaxies uh technically because i'm going to be very specific a universe is not necessarily um a hard quantifiable size but if i say galaxy it puts it in perspective of the milky way yeah the milky fucking way for how big that is even though the planets aren't actually model scale to how big they would be for right. those masses they're still just dwarfing levels huge and if you've got a planet the size jupiter you could fucking spend the rest of your game just exploring that fucking planet and finding the fucking crevices of the mountains if you wanted to hmm. but get to the center of the galaxy or you follow atlas's quest to go leave the center of the galaxy you go to another fucking galaxy and you can keep doing that. You can explore up to like 20 fucking different galaxies in this game. 20 Milky Ways in 13 gigabytes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's insane. Like the amount of options that are there are just completely crazy. 
all that you would need to be able to simulate reality is a file bank big enough to hold the data for it, which doesn't seem like it has to have that much required, and B, a processor big enough to run it, and C, a cooling system big enough to cool it. That seems like it's pretty much going to be it, right? And if you look at, like, I don't know, the energy generated from stars, the cooling distance of space, and the motion and everything, oh, no, we're in a simulation! Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. I got got way, way bigger (laughs) than I thought it was gonna. Well, I mean, it's got, if you look at reality, it's got to scale up and it's got to scale down. Yeah. No, it's just, it's like, uh, it's almost like in my head, I'm like, where do you go from there? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're like video games and magic. And you're like, you can put universes in a PlayStation. And I'm like, fuck. Oh, trust me. I thought a whole fucking episode out ahead of time with this one. But yeah, like, seriously. Um, and I'm even going to toss you out some fucking cutting edge curses that we've just developed with that stuff. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing that I kind of start coming back to, right? Like, it it has to scale, right? Like, our universe itself could be the hardware for simulating something bigger, and we're just caught at being aware of where we're at at that step, right? Because if you think about it, even your body, you might think of yourself as a singular being, but you're not. Your body is a cluster of so many single cellular organisms that even your skin is just a massive amount of other living beings. Yeah, I know. I know this may sound really, really trippy, right? But your whole body is a universe of living beings, and a universe of living beings should probably make another living (laughs) being, right? Right. So of course, of course, our planet is alive. Of course, our star is aware. Why the fuck wouldn't it be? How could you have a massive energy that big that has a fucking gravitational force that could sustain life on planets that just fucking passively come by it? That's that's what you do. That's what you do. You're so big that you eating food and just existing passively sustains the life of your cells. So of course our planets are aware. Of course our stars are aware. Of course the universe is fucking neurons firing in the brain of creator you know it reminds me of the um the rick and morty episode where it's uh it's actually a it's a pocket universe i think it is that powers his car but then their power source for their universe is another pocket universe yeah and and it keeps going in and going in and it's like it's like um that show gets trippy too. There's a lot. There's a lot we could and talk about just about Rick and Morty. Fucking problematic too because of like Dan Hammond uh, being a fucking piece of shit. Oh, what's um, up with him? Oh, I don't even want to get into it right now. I'd have to like look up stuff to send you links so we can talk about it another time. I didn't um, know. I didn't know he was a dick. Oh, it's problematic. Mm. Anyways, um, where are we? Yeah, and and even with that, the whole paradox thing is it can always keep going down, right? And it can always keep going up. Have you ever heard of the phrase, it's turtles all the way down? No, I've never heard of that phrase before. Have you ever heard of the series Discworld? Yes. Terry Terry Pratchett wrote it. It's a phenomenal series. The man is a fucking genius. He managed to write a hypersigil so big that it encapsulates the nature of reality, but just with the absurdity of what it is put to the forefront rather than put to the back burner. Because like in our reality, we don't constantly examine how everything is this constant paradox of itself, right? Right. We kind of gloss over it. We pretend like this little material reality reality is it and in their reality they they know it's this like wild high magic universe like the grim reaper himself is a main character right hmm. right death yeah. or something mm-hmm. and all kinds of shit like that happens and in that that uh universe they quite knowingly know that they're on the back of a giant turtle i'm gonna say this native people call north america turtle island for a reason my friend that was in a lot of um, North American like 
uh, native, I think, creation myths too was the idea of that we were like on the back the of a turtle. Being on the back of a turtle, yeah. After the after um, like specifically in the cre creation myth, which I actually can't tell you right now because there's not snow on the ground, and I don't want to run into trouble with the trickster, so I'm not going to say the tale because it would require me to say his name. But um, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of different stories where after the world gets destroyed by a flood, there is earth placed on the back of the turtle and. Uh, trickster uses their power to make the earth multiply until it becomes the entire uh, of the land that we walk across and that's how the world gets rebuilt after it's flooded but there's like many different variations of that story and that's just like one specific version I've heard right yeah yeah I remember in school uh, they taught us a couple different versions of it you know from different tribes in the area there are and i'll say this there are as me as many creation stories as there are individual groups of indigenous people right and, mm -hmm. and there's so so many like even within cree people right because i'm part cree i'm cree metis there's like Plains Cree, Moose Cree, Innu, um, there's Northern Cree, and, and, and there's like subgroups within that. And I could not even come close to speaking for a fraction of that stuff because I'm still constantly just learning as much as I can. And I know by comparison, very little, right? So that's why I don't pretend to speak for anyone other than just what I've been through myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I know there's a lot of sources online that you can look up for like those for those stories, you know. Um some of them are available to to read through, which they're I like them. I think they're they're fucking wonderful. Yeah, I, I think know we're really a little nice off stories. topic now, but like reading native uh creation stories and uh vision books is like probably my favorite thing to spend my time reading. Yeah, and I mean, in terms of games, so many games take inspiration from ancient texts, ancient people. I don't even say ancient peoples, but you know yeah. what I mean, like different cultures of people and stuff. I mean, we just have, what's the new Assassin's Creed? Um, Valhalla. Yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, Nordic kind of things. And, you know, I would I would imagine that there's there's going to be some, some kid out there that's going to play that game. And something in that game is going to speak to them. And I feel like, you know, they're going to get started down a path. They're going to be like, oh, you know, what about the Nordic gods? What about this do I like? And they're going to get curious yeah. and they're going to they're going to search for more information. And that's going to start them on their path to wherever their path leads them. Um, like for me, the game, the game that did that for me was um, Dark Cloud 2 or PlayStation 2. Oh, that's a good one. That I fucking love that game, actually. That game with has the, uh, everything. The kid with the wrench and the girl with the sword, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. The game has everything. The game has, you know, like, it, it's it's a beautiful blend of, of science, logic, magic, and fantasy. And mm -hmm. for some reason, it just, it all fits, and it all just makes sense. Um... Basically, it's like, uh, what is it? Max lives in the past, and Monica's from the future, and Monica comes to Max's time um, because they both have these magic stones that will help them basically defeat the big bad and you know fix time and stuff. But so what Max does is because he's in the past, he he re he rebuilds things that are that have been destroyed and it affects the future and makes the future better. And it's a really, really cool game because it's, you know, it really gets into the building blocks of like, okay, well, if you want to build this house, you need earth and clay and stone. And, um, but it's not like mining, like in Minecraft, like you kind of, you just collect the things like while you're in the dungeons and, um, and you can buy certain building materials. Mm -hmm. but you could you could craft in that game and and you had magic and you could turn into you could transform yourself into monsters and there was just so many uh so many amazing characters in that game i i i recommend anyone anyone to play that game you can you can actually download it for uh ps4 
they do have a digital version on dark cloud too as well um without too many spoilers i fucking loved how they did the story in the end Mm. i mean spoilers for like a fucking 20 year old game right yeah but like the big bad actually is a kid a kid who's upset because like what he grew up with had been destroyed and he he was like devastated by loss mm-hmm. oh wow how fucking human is that right rather than the big bad being some horrible monster that you get to just like externalizes the problems for everything he's somebody who is hurt and had something taken away from him and rather than hurt him you compassionately go and restore what he's lost mm-hmm. right oh it's so good yeah, it's it's an amazing, amazing game. Um, also, the first Dark Cloud was also very good, but Dark Cloud Two just did something a little, a little different from from the first one that just made it a. a, a I would almost say that it was a perfect game, like it, a perfect like, RPG. I know it was good because it pissed me off when I was a kid that there was a final boss who I didn't get a beat. Like I, I rolled my fucking eye <laughs> at the game and I was like, Are you kidding me? I've come this far and you don't even give me a boss to beat with the power I've attained. Fuck you. And I got mad. I'm like, stop playing. <laughs> like, the final dungeon is ludicrously hard. Yeah. It's like a hundred, uh, it's like a hundred floors. I've never actually oh. finished that. It, it oh is. Oh my God. I actually really want. To, oh my gosh, should, should I do a playthrough of uh, Dark Cloud no, Two? No, it'll take you like five hundred fucking hours. <laughs> I know there's so much to do in that game too. Like if you actually set out to hundred percent that game, holy shit, there's so much to do. We'll be playing forever. Yeah, that's a great game as a hyper sigil. Like you literally, rather than like you fix the world, fucking shit up. You build people homes. Mm-hmm. You build communities. You go to places that have been devastated by conflict and rebuild it. You, you, it's like that's that's what we needed as a generation, mm-hmm. right? And it even like shows you the follies. It's it's like such a human game actually one of the quests from that game sticks in my head harder than anything else i've ever played there's a guy who has a quest he gives you he wants you to get him a magic paintbrush so he can paint himself a wife because whatever you paint with it comes to reality right and so you go and you do this deed for him thinking you're actually going to help him and in the end he paints his wife and then he ignores her and says yeah this first wife was good but wait till you see the second wife who i make she's going to be even better and it's like he completely doesn't even appreciate what he gets from it and she gets left as a consequence to feel sad about it and like she's a whole human being who gets created just for him for his own personal megalomania and then he has the audacity to toss her aside and think that he deserves something even more perfect than that and it leaves you to kind of sit with the sheer inhumanness of what this man has been actually has actually done with that moment and you just kind of go like you're a horrible person, you know? That was so fucked up. I remember, like, um, doing that, and I was like, wait, did, is he is he for real? Are you fucking serious right now? And then, like, as an adult, like, you know, replaying it and thinking about that, you're like, oh, shit. Like, man, that's really fucked up. It's such a moral lesson, though, to teach you that that's what people are sometimes really going to be like. And to to do it in that way without it being a traumatizing thing, that was a lesson that taught me a big thing about humanity when I was a kid to know that some people I shouldn't trust. That actually really helped me growing up. Yeah. I always thought... um... The, the the one thing in the game that I always I always loved the the trope you know like your your first dungeon is the underground sewer. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was kind of fun in that game, but yeah, it really ones, like fucking magma waterfalls. And oh, and not to mention but... the main premise. So the main premise of the game. So Max lives in this town called Palm Brinks, which is surrounded by walls. Like they he hasn't ventured outside the walls of this town. Um, so he's never like the, the, the town is like blocked off from the outside world. There's a railroad system that'll take you to the outside world. Um, but, um, 
it's not hooked up in the beginning. So this like uh, this metaphor for like, you know, breaking out of your your hometown or like, you know, seeing the world and going on this grand adventure. It's just and, and Max is very much like a kid. He's like, what? 12 maybe 13 <laughs> 13 yeah. and also it's like literally a representation of breaking out of malkut like the physical reality of of just hardened condensed only physical reality exists and seeing there's so much more you know and it's so cool because max is uh max is like the sciencey character you know he's the he's the, he's really good with machines so he's good at fixing things and building things he's and an engineer. Mon- yeah and monica's you know um She's a princess, I think, right? She's a sword fighter, is what I remember. I don't know. I know she's royalty. So old. Yeah, Yeah, she's royalty. She has. She uses magic, and she uses a sword to fight with. Um, but what's cool about Max is he's so open. Like, even though you know he's very like, you know, I guess uh, science and mechanics and robot, you know, whatever. Um, he's really open. He's like, oh, magic and time travel and okay. And yeah, sure. Like, let's, let's help and save people and save the world. And, uh, and also he's, he's, uh, he's not the, your typical, um, main character. He doesn't come from nothing. He's actually comes from a very wealthy family, but his dad doesn't really interact with him. Uh, that's the other angle of Max I also really thought was interesting. Uh, can I talk about something that is um, tropes that kind of get repeated throughout media that are representations of where we are at as a culture? Mm. So the representation of Max being a kid who doesn't have parental engagement is a meme because that's something that we as millennials experienced, right? Mm. Um, a lot of us would be coming from baby boomers because baby boomers had money. Right. Right. We don't have money, but boomers did. And we were the last generation to be raised by them. So there is a lot of us who not necessarily myself, but others had families that were fairly fucking well to do that had like multiple vehicles that had like computers and video game systems. And I even ended up having that stuff by a certain age, but like we did have financial struggles too. Right. Right. But there was very much this economic stability that boomers had that translated to the emptiness the emptiness of material wealth in excess and how it actually leads to a distance between you and your kids right right it's it's like a, a meme that got played a lot on you can even see it in sonic x like the main character is like this petulant obnoxious child who everybody hates but he he goes on these missions with sonic because his rich parents are so fucking busy off doing shit that they can't be bothered bothered to even watch their child and so he runs off with like a supersonic hedgehog that gets him into like life over limb peril constantly because like his parents are completely inadequate and they're in their care for him right Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like the meme of uh millennials a little bit and also boomers even fucking shamed us for it like they're like yeah you're just entitled little shits even though like they raised us to be exactly however we would be and then they blame us for it too you know so right that's that's like the representation of the the economic stability that boomers had that kind of trickled over into the spiritual dissonance between them and us right and then you can see it now a lot of games don't have uh or even media there's not that theme of families being well off and the kid just wanting to go off on adventure anymore it's always the family is so busy struggling that the kid is either like one not ever being watched so they can get up to whatever they want like mm-hmm. say rugrats if you go watch the show rugrats right um i mean these also kind of did come out at around the same time but it does show you a family that's in economic straits and like how they don't necessarily watch their kids too much and also they do kind of piss away money on frivolous things like a fucking shadow puppets mm-hmm. thing for tommy's first birthday which like nobody should ever be like no freaking out over you know for your one-year-old kid who's not even remember it when i was recovering from surgery kind of the only the only game system that i could really play was the switch 
Because it was, uh, it was really, like, painful to, like, try and, like, put my arms together to hold a controller. Um, like, a PlayStation controller, and I really couldn't be on the computer either, so I was like, fuck. And, you know, I really wanted to, like, do something to distract myself from the pain. So, but I was able to play the Switch, which was awesome. Because the Joy-Con split in half. And, um, I played a lot of, uh, I finished up Bayonetta 2. So I was playing Bayonetta for a while, so I had finished Bayonetta, the, the first Bayonetta, um... Before I had surgery, and then I finished uh, two while I was in recovery, which I was a little I was a little bummed because two seemed a lot shorter um, than the first one, but it was it was still it was still really cool. But there's so much um, there's just so much symbolism. Uh, it's very I feel like it's very themed of like Dante's Inferno, sort of like inspired by that. Um, and I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that story, but just, there's so much, um, there's so much magic in that game, and the fact that she's, like, a, you know, like, a darker sort of witch, but Bayonetta herself, um, she made a pact with, um, Madame Butterfly is a demon, right, so Madame Butterfly is, uh, is a demon, and she made a pact with her, so that way she could have, um, you know, a lot of the powers that she does. And, but there's this one boss that you fight in the game. And that particular boss has beef with Madam Butterfly. So, like, there's also, like, this, like, scene where it's Madam, like, the actual demon of Madam, Madam Butterfly and this, um, this other demon, like, duke it out. And I just started thinking, I was like, what? like, could you imagine, like, a situation in which, like, you're getting into, like, I don't know, you know, people that do demon work and stuff like that. Like, imagine, like, summoning two demons that, like, didn't like each other. Like, could you imagine summoning two entities <laughs> that disliked each other? No, because I very much don't do conjuring work. Right. Because I don't like the implications of it. And that right, would like, be one of the implications of it I wouldn't like. Yeah. Um, I, was, I don't really do any conjuring. I don't really do a lot of conjuring work either just because I don't want to be caught in situations like that, you know? Um, I, I really only try and contact things that I know like me. Um, I really try not to dial up things that I've never really interacted with before. Because um, usually I just wait until things kind of present themselves to me. But I just don't think I'd be the one to be dialing up, you know, um, demons and things like that. Yeah. At least not right now. I really haven't seen a need for it. Maybe at some point in my life I will. I, I really don't know. But as of right now, I can say I am not dialing demons. <laughs> as far as I go with demons, my policy has been don't dial them up, don't talk to them, let them do whatever the fuck they want outside of me. Like, if they're not fucking with me and my people, fine, I don't need to be going around and being like, fuck every demon ever who ever lived. But like, uh, if they fuck, it, fuck with me or somebody and I need to get rid of them, I take no shit and I, I hold no quarter and I do what I have to do sort of thing. You go full doom guy on them? I mean... <laughs> In a way. Not, let's be really honest. No. No? Because demons, real life, they don't have much problem with me. Nah. I don't summon them into circles. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't demand knowledge out of them. I don't fucking invoke their names i don't do anything to piss them off well i guess um, my one of my questions around with like six fucking words on right and if they were to throw shit at me it'll fucking hit them back and stuff and like i got like a six of mars and like four sacred herbs i'm not gonna go on everything but like a lot of shit on me and there's just I don't have trouble from demons because I don't start trouble with demons. Maybe not demons specifically, but how do you treat, um, like, if you notice that any magic is coming at you, right? Like a curse, a hex, something like that. Mm. When you know that, like, do you go full doom guy then? It depends. It depends. So, for example, I have these people casting at me right now who are from a splinter faction of DKMU who we kicked out because they're a bunch of fucking horrible people. And they're mad that DKMU has 
no longer allowed them a shitty space to be the shit people they are. Mm. And they view me as somebody who is the reason for that. So they've been throwing at me rather consistently. And I know this because I've had like the effects hitting me. Several of my wards have popped and, mm. uh, like, like, for example, I had a, a vial of water I would hold while I was dreaming. That physically shattered, right? Not mm. in my hand, because I was lucky. But, like, I can tell when one of my word pops, right? right. And um, something that my friend told me, which really helped me get better at warding, is when you make your wards somewhat fragile, uh, the fragility of them allows them to take the hit, right? So like when I dropped that vial and the fact that it smashed and my sacred water went and spilt, that was instead of me getting nightmares or horrible cursed dreams and shit like that. Right, right it took or the like hit for when, you. Yeah, or like when my uh, necklace pops at the links and uh, falls apart, or like my Six of Mars uh, slips off, which is an incredibly rare one to happen, but I, I had one day where my six of Mars slipped off and then my turquoise and copper ring fell as well, which is like a big, Oh mm. no, sort of symbol. So I was trying to put them back together. And then immediately after we started getting hit from those people on our server, like they came in to like raid us and troll us and shit. And we had to like ban them and stuff, but like they very clearly had fired a focused intent at me before coming in to like disorient me and make it work better. Like some coordinated shit. Right. So I've been patient and just letting them throw at me. But if they piss me off to the point where it's justified, I'm just going to reach out and make them have a very bad day. That's fair. It feels it feels justified, given the situation. Yeah, I don't. Let me put it this way: I don't like to get into petty back and forths ever. Uh, I'll let somebody throw at me enough times until I can throw back at them once, and I don't ever have to do anything ever again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that That's makes sense. That's how I roll. <laughs> I feel like uh, you expend too much energy with the petty back and forth, you know, tit mm -hmm. for tat kind of situation. It never it really pans out. If they're throwing hard enough to like break several of my wards, no, I know exactly who you are. The synchronicity tells me exactly who did it. I'm not fucking stupid. I've been watching this shit for ages. Mm -hmm. I know what to do. I'll come in. <clears throat> I'll take your name. Oh, and I'll tell you about the curse that I invented. You could take a hard drive. I don't know, like a two terabyte one because they're really easy to get and they're really fucking big. You can put a folder inside a folder, inside a folder, inside a folder, inside a folder see where i'm going with this mm -hmm. you put the targets i don't know name personal information photo in the first folder then you put in a bunch of things that you want associated with like i don't know dog shit or a coffin or mm. any amount of curses that you could just download on pdf or any amount of horrible things that you could cram into that folder that you want to put in with them and then you step out of that folder and you have the folder that's outside of it. And then you could put custom words in that one. You could put custom JPEGs of words that you drew up and you can do that every single layer to put a custom enchantment on every single folder. So they're stuck within a layer, within a layer, within a layer. That's not just like uniform copied and pasted, but like sealed every fucking part of the way up for a hundred layers. And then you can take that hard drive. You can seal it with paint and all these symbols and stuff, wrap it in tinfoil, chain the fucking thing and bury it in a Ziploc bag in the ground where no one's ever gonna find it fucking yeah Fuck. <laughs> that sounds amazing i mean also like you know do that when you really need to but yeah the idea of like all those layers you know because like and then it's not in your like it's like you said they're not just copied so like once you figure out how to beat the first layer yeah then you know how to beat all the other layers because they're just copies right mm -hmm. almost like a video game in a way structured like that structured like levels that they have to get through but each level is different and presents its own challenge mm -hmm. and so that's kind of similar to like a freeze charm how you put somebody's name on a piece of paper and throw them in the freezer in like a jar so that they like get frozen and have like all of their affections get pushed away from them and their relationships <laughs> fall apart and shit 
kind of it's kind of similar to that you could put somebody in a folder within a folder within a folder to make them so isolated from themselves that you literally like spirit their essence away into that drive and then bury it in in that area or you could do any number of things that you could possibly think of hell you could like literally i know people who have made like copies of the things that they want to destroy like facsimiles of it in the digital space and then destroy it or delete the file as like a ritual and now you are gone into the nothing and i have torn you asunder so might it be you know Hmm. the applications are as infinite as you are creative with your digital spaces totally Um, but like literally just holding this hard drive here i can feel its fan it has to pull energy into it it has its whole own circulatory system it's it's got a vibration from that fan right i hold it and i can feel that like it's got life to it you know this is like its own little pocket universe and it's still over here doing its thing a pocket universe that that contains other universes mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking wild um i mean i'm kind of okay with this being a little bit of a shorter episode considering the last two that we posted were um pretty long they were like two sure. plus hours um is there anything else that you kind of wanted to add into about video games? Yeah, I could go on for forever, but fuck, let me think for a second. Um, yeah, the one thing also I'll say while we got it that they allow us to do is try things out. It's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Beyond just like a magical sense, you can like be somebody different for a while. You can experiment and see what it's like to be somebody who has confidence, to be somebody who stands up for themselves, you know, to see how to approach a, a problem or, or a situation from a perspective that you might not have considered before. It requires you to problem solve and to change, right? Like when you go into a game to play it, you have to change to beat it. You don't walk into it and do the same thing over until it works. You'll you'll be destroyed. You have to learn to play it. And in that way, a lot of games demand that you master them, that you get good, as they colloquially, colloquially <laughs> that you get good, get good as they would say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and honestly, it's true because you have to learn how to play them how to be them and like they change you as you play them you know i can tell you for a fact how many different combat situations that i could go into that i just know things for from video games that i just wouldn't otherwise right you know like if there's a fire extinguisher in a wall and i need to create smoke cover i can shoot that and it'll go off and it won't kill anybody but it'll certainly cloud the area right mm-hmm. exactly like yeah it just and and I guarantee you, like in the future, if there's some crazy shit like a war going on, and a general would look at you after you did something crazy, be like, "How the fuck did you know to do that?" You'd be like, "I play video games." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how, how well prepared are you for a mech battle at any given moment? If like the government were to just roll out mech technology, could you just like figure out how to ride that thing? You know? Yeah, for for real, I feel like we all probably could. Mm-hmm. It teaches you to do things beyond what you thought you could possibly do. And you can be whatever you want to kind of do for a little bit in it. So, like, go load up, uh, what's it called? Chrono Trigger is a great one. Go kill the big bad that is transcending time and trying to devour our universe. Because he's out there and we're fucking sick of him, you know? Go kill Moloch or Koronzon or whatever you need to do. Go train up your digital self and level up. Do whatever you fucking want and watch how it'll spill over into your own life. You can find Witches Betwixt on the big three social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handle is Witches Betwixt, all one word on all three platforms. We all check each one, except Twitter, which is exclusively run by me, Jay, but feel free to message us on any of them, and we'll get back to you. If you want to add your post to our online community, use the hashtag WBTWXT. The links to our official Facebook group, Discord server, and website are in the show notes below.